We've received breaking news from the murder of Joseph Lee. Disqualified wounding of Cheryl Corbell. The focus of the police investigation. We will now sentence each of you. They are investigating a serious incident. We will work together and we will find you. We will prosecute you. We will be detained at his Majesty's Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening, and welcome to the Oxfordshire Court and Crime podcast. My name is G, and I am the Court and Crime reporter for the Oxford Mail. We're going to be spending the first few episodes of this podcast doing a deep dive into the trial of Scarlett Blake. She is accused of the murder of Jorge Crino and is currently on trial at Oxford Crown Court. Now, before we jump in, I do have to remind people that this is an ongoing trial. That means there's a lot of things that can't be said. And you may be thinking, why hasn't G mentioned this or G mentioned that? It's because the proceedings are still active at the moment. Um, the jury is still hearing evidence. They haven't yet retired. There hasn't been a verdict. You might be listening to this after the trial and be thinking, there are things that you've read that I haven't mentioned at all. But as of recording, it's only been two full days of evidence. So that may explain why there are any gaps in this podcast. It's because proceedings are active, so I have to be super careful on what I'm reporting to listeners. However, moving forward um, with this podcast, I'll always do my best to remind people when a trial is ongoing, if a trial has finished, if it's a a sentencing or a plea type hearing, so you guys know uh, what you can expect in terms of the information that I can give you guys. So without further ado, let's jump straight in to the murder trial of Jorge Carino. was a 30-year-old Spanish man who moved to Oxford in 2019 with his then-girlfriend, Irene. The pair both worked together at the BMW plant in Cowley, where Jorge worked in the automotive linguistics department. Jorge was described as a very active man. He enjoyed kayaking, he enjoyed rock climbing, um, and was very much looking forward to the future, telling friends he wanted to get married and have children at some point, Uh, just generally enjoying the new life he has set up for himself in Oxford. Him and Irene had set up a new life together in Oxford, but sadly the relationship didn't last and the pair went their separate ways in early 2021. However, Irene said that the pair split very amicably. It was just that they both wanted different things from life. So they stayed good friends even after they split and often messaged and saw each other. Jorge had quite an active social life as well, often going rock climbing with friends, going to the pub in the centre of Oxford with friends and colleagues. Um, And this is where he was on the night he disappeared. The night was 24th of July 2021. Jorge had been rock climbing that day with a friend at about 2pm and then sort of in the early evening met up with a group of colleagues in the centre of Oxford. They all went to the Swan and Castle pub first um, before later moving to pubs such as the Cow and Creek. The atmosphere that evening was described by one of Jorge's friends as just everyone enjoying themselves and being generally happy because everyone had just come out of a long lockdown period. This was in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic Um, and the restrictions had just been lifted. So everyone was quite keen to get out and see each other and socialize, have a drink and just have like 
a generally a nice time like getting out and seeing everyone like everyone can remember what it was like being in lockdown and not being able to get out and see your friends so the atmosphere was just generally very active very happy very very sociable Jorge and his friends were in the pub for quite some time um, until they left the Cowan Creek pub at about 2 a.m. Jorge is seen on CCTV outside the pub until about sort of 10 past two whilst he's waiting for his friends to leave. And then um, he's seen on CCTV running down Queen Street to catch up with two other friends before he says goodbye to them, turns around and walks back in the direction of the pub that he came from. He is then seen on various CCTV cameras around Oxford. The prosecution in the trial, Oxford Crown Court, uh, Prosecutor Alison Morgan, said to the jury, you can tell that he is drunk and he's had a few drinks, but he's not stumbling around, falling over, uh, being sort of a paralytic drunk. Um, he is seen on CCTV across various streets in Oxford. Um, once you sort of map out the points of where he's walking, it doesn't seem to be that he's walking in a specific direction. Um, he does like a big loop of Oxford and the whole time that he's walking around, he's constantly making internet searches on his phone for his home address in Cowley and also a previous address that he lived at. He's seen on CCTV at about 3.30am accidentally dropping his wallet on the floor, but he doesn't seem to notice. He even loops back and walks past the wallet, but doesn't notice it on the floor and carries on walking. It's about 3.43am when Jorge is seen on CCTV camera in Radcliffe Square near the very famous Radcliffe camera. He can be seen uh, just sitting down quite far away on the CCTV. It's quite blurry. You can't sort of make out any um, distinguishable features, but you can, it, it is Jorge. And he's sat on his phone and the prosecution say that he's again still making um, internet searches for his home address and... Uh, also scrolling through Instagram and he was also on a dating app called Badoo at the time. Then at around 4am after Jorge has been sat on his own for about 12 minutes a figure walks into the Radcliffe Square. The figure can be seen sort of noticing Jorge standing in front of him for about a minute before the figure then sits down. The pair are then on CCTV sat together for about 12 minutes now we have no idea what discussion if any was being had between jorge and this other person the prosecution say that it is possible that there was more drinking involved she said that there seems to be the lifting of the arm and hand but we cannot be sure if that is what was happening at that time the pair both then stand and can be seen walking in the direction of parsons pleasure now, this is where Jorge is then found 36 hours later submerged in the water. It is not known if the figure was with Jorge when he got to Parsons Pleasure. What we do know is that he arrived at the popular bathing spot at about 4.50am and his phone lost connection at about 5am. Friends and family are then concerned the following day on July 25th when they can't get in touch with Jorge. He had a rock climbing session booked with a friend, uh, but of course never replied to his messages. It wasn't until the following day on July 26th that a male that often walks um, around Parsons Pleasure actually found Jorge and reported it 
the police. A police investigation is then launched into how Jorge came to be a Parsons pleasure. And at some point, they discover the CCTV footage of him walking around Oxford and the CCTV footage of him sat in Radcliffe Square with the mysterious figure. That CCTV footage is then released to the public and there are widespread appeals for the person in the image to come forward or anyone who saw Jorge on that night or who knew who the mysterious figure was to come forward because that person may have had integral details about what had happened to Jorge in those last final minutes. Sadly, though, there were no responses to the appeals and an inquest had to be held into Jorge's death. Now, an inquest happens when someone meets a death that is not in the usual circumstances. So a coroner needs to hold this meeting basically to to discover who it is that died, when they died, and how they died. Now, this inquest was held um, sort of in midway through 2022, and I remember it well because it was one of the first big stories that I, I covered at the Oxford Mail. And I remember listening to the evidence in the inquest at the time, and I thought, you know, that this was, this was going to be it. I genuinely didn't think at the time that anything would come from it because sadly there was just no there was just no evidence in this inquest in short a coroner ruled his death as open ended because there just wasn't enough evidence really to say with confidence that there was one answer to how he died dr lockyer who was the forensic pathologist in the inquest uh, basically said that he could have been hit over the head by a third party he could have been held underwater there was some evidence of these type of injuries but he wasn't able to say for sure and the medical cause of death that was provided was uh was immersion with alcohol intoxication at the time of the inquest the family of jorge carino urged police to keep investigating they just said that there were too many unanswered questions and it just was unlike jorge at the time to you know, be stumbling around a bathing area on his own and, and seem to accidentally come across his death. Now, Thames Valley Police have a whole team dedicated to cold cases and, you know, investigating um, cases that seem to have gone dry with evidence. Um, and they, they have been really successful, actually, and had a couple of cases where they've managed to solve these incidents that are, you know, decades old. But even with the team being as brilliant as they are, I just sadly thought that that was going to be the last that I heard of it. I just didn't think if if this witness, if they couldn't get this witness and the CCTV figure to come forward, I just thought that was it. We weren't going to hear anything else about Jorge. So fast forward, you know, almost over a year later, finding out that someone had been charged with his murder was shocking. I just remember thinking like, what? So what happened? In short, the trial has heard that police received a tip off from someone in America that they had received a jacket and that they believed this jacket was the person that the mysterious figure in the CCTV footage was wearing. Now, 
this is all just alleged at this point this is what the prosecution has said in the trial nothing has been proven definitely about this jacket but at the time this tip-off was enough for police to start investigating a 25 year old woman called scarlett blake who lived in crotch crescent marston her home was searched on August 9th, 2023, and on the same day, she was arrested on suspicion of murder. Blake was arrested, and she said no comments to the 13 police interviews that she had, but the Crown Prosecution said that she did make some odd comments, such as, at least it's not genocide, um, when she was arrested. Uh, at the end of one of her police interviews, it's also alleged that she said... I have a microchip. What? She was then scammed with a pet. You know, when you take your, your cat or your dog to the vet and they scan to double check the microchip, with like one of those pieces of equipment. And sure enough, she had a microchip embedded in her chest. She then told police that she was registered on a animal database. This is not where the weird animal evidence stops we are about to go into some distressing content that was mentioned in the trial to do with animal abuse so if any of that content might be upsetting to you i recommend just maybe skipping uh, the, the second half of this podcast so blake's home was searched and a number of items were found including her own sort of animal microchip scanner i just cannot think of the word for that piece of equipment Anyway, one of those was found along with cat food, a cat crate, weird pieces of medical equipment, dark clothing, like clothing dye, um, just a collection, a variety of items that sort of stood out to them as sort of not fitting into what should be in your house. <laughs> it is then alleged that Blake was involved in the capture and torture of a neighbor's cat it was heard in the trial that using a cat crate and cat food blake had allegedly lured a black cat into her home and what happened next allegedly might be disturbing the prosecution say blake set up a live stream of her dissecting the cat taking out its organs and placing pieces of the cat's body in a blender as well as taking its eyes out and skinning the animal. The prosecution claimed that they'd know it was Blake because her name was at the top of the live stream and she could be heard talking through throughout the video. It is said that Blake was allegedly inspired by a true crime netflix documentary called don't f with cats um in which the subject of the documentary was a murderer called luke mcnotta who dismembered cats before he then filmed himself killing a young man he was later jailed for murder in this documentary in the background of luke mcnotta's videos the song true faith by new order is playing it is alleged that Blake is playing this in her live stream of her dismembering the cat. 
in the audio she can be heard saying good song this is as well as what the prosecution has dubbed the cat evidence they also say that blake has a fascination with violence and harm and have brought in some evidence about her receiving sexual gratification from strangling partners it's alleged that a couple of things were found on her phone in reference to strangulation and murder in a sexual content. One video was played to the jury where it appears Blake is strangling one of her partners um, in a sexual private moment. So how does all of this link to Jorge? Well, it is alleged that on the night that Jorge was stumbling around Oxford and then came to Parsons Pleasure, that Blake was out looking for a victim is what the prosecution claim. It is alleged that Blake left her home at about 2.30 a.m. in the morning. A mysterious figure, the one that the police released the image of, can be seen walking around Oxford and that figure is tracked as walking sort of like in a similar loop that Jorge did but is constantly pausing and looking down streets until eventually the figure which the prosecution claim is Blake, came into the Radcliffe Square at about 4am. The prosecution then claimed that Blake did go with Jorge to Parsons Pleasure and then strangled him before pushing him into the water. They don't believe that Blake had held him underwater or had strangled him to death and then pushed him in. They believe he may still have been alive when he hit the water, but just unconscious from Blake allegedly strangling him. Another piece of evidence that allegedly links Blake to the scene is a vodka bottle lid, which has some of Blake's DNA on it, allegedly, that was found at the scene. Now, everything I've said about Blake is all the prosecution's case, which they have put to the jury at Oxford Crown Court in an opening. All of this is just a summary of what the prosecution believe has happened. They have yet to go into the evidence behind why they think that this is a fact. They have had some evidence from a detective confirming Jorge's last movements in Oxford, and they have had evidence from the detective confirming the mysterious figure's location in Oxford. However, it is still unconfirmed whether this mysterious figure is in fact Blake. The defence and thus Blake have yet to put their case to the jury, though it is expected that they're going to suggest Jorge had accidentally fallen into the river or had taken his own life. The prosecution have suggested that it's likely Blake may say that she is the mysterious figure, but she also may not. We have no idea what she's going to say at this point in the trial. As well as the police detective confirming Jorge's last movements, we have also heard from Jorge's ex-girlfriend Irene, who I mentioned at the start of the podcast, who has attested to the fact that Jorge was a happy person, um, and he did get stressed out sometimes, but he's taking therapy, and that she personally felt he wasn't someone that would take his own life She also told the jury that she went to Parsons Pleasure after Jorge's death and stood in the water, which was about one metre deep in the area that Jorge was found. And she told the jury that she just couldn't wrap her head around how he may have accidentally fallen in and not been able to get himself out. 
The prosecution have also touched on this, stressing to the jury that the water was not that deep. And it's a question that they must think about when it comes to considering their verdicts. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is everything that has been heard in the trial so far. The trial is expected to last about two to three weeks, with the jury retiring at the latest about the 29th of February. We are hoping to get this podcast out at least once a week, but if you simply cannot wait that long, then please visit the theoxenmail.co.uk. There you can subscribe to get all our latest and best stories. There is currently a deal on at the moment, just £5 for five months for all your subscriber benefits. Or you can follow us on our social media accounts. That's at Oxford Mail on TikTok and Twitter or now x i think i'll always call it twitter though (laughs) you can also subscribe to my court and crime newsletter it is sent directly to your email box every sunday just go to oxenmail.co.uk slash newsletters and subscribe under there lastly if you have any questions for me about jorge carino's trial or any other proceedings, uh, past, present, future, please find my email online and chuck me a message. I'm more than happy to answer your questions. And that is everything for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward again to talking to myself on the next episode and you guys tuning in. Thank you.